I think arranging in pop music is like so underrated. I think that's sure. the whole reason why people like pop music. There's not like lots of interesting chord changes or melodies happening. It's like all about production, which production is arranging. And it's just like all about the choices of tones and instruments you make and like creating an atmosphere that gives you a feeling. That's Chad Rains, sometimes known as Rad Chains. But it depends if you find him on the divine stage or in real life. His artistic lens is aimed at the juxtaposition between giving a rough edge to the prestigious and elevating the overlooked. He swings between musical theater to performing in spandex with his band The Simple Pleasure. He arranged and played the music to my wedding, and even more importantly to Matt and me, he made the Egyptian Lover music video of our friend Basil Malati. Having something so precious to look at when my friend was no longer around eventually led me to creating this podcast so I can give stage to the essence of people I hold dear for posterity. I'm Angelica Norton. Stay tuned for my weekly chat. Hi, Chad. Hello, Angelica. (laughs) Thanks for joining us on Chatty Crafties, a show (laughs) where I celebrate my creative friends to get inspired by everyday art. I've got Matt Norton in the studio today. Hi, Matt. You want to say hi? Hi, (laughs) y'all. Because we're all old friends from undergrad at UT, and you guys used to play music together. So I thought that would be helpful for the conversation since I am not a musician. Actually, I didn't go to University of Texas. Oh, I that's was right. Never let in. But to you the went school. to. You were in the dorms, though. I, I was going. To, I was going to community college uh, and working at Austin Music Network. But we, uh, me and Matt, lived in the same dorm for a year. Okay. And uh, um, but like academically, I, um, I wasn't such a. Such a peach. <laughs> so I uh, I ended up going to Texas State um, down in San Marcos, which okay. was at the time was Southwestern State College, and they would basically let anybody in <laughs> <laughs> as long as you could pay tuition. And and uh, it was it was. Uh, did did you know about provisional? Because I'm pretty sure we came in to college with a very similar yeah. like. GPA situation. Yeah, no, but but you uh, you you I got heard in. about this thing. Where I it's didn't like, get the provisional thing, and like you oh. and Basil were doing the provisional. Yeah, I, and basically it was like, okay, if you work hard for two months, it will wipe out your entire eighteen-year existence. <laughs> I don't I even like, think okay, I, had I can that. focus for two months. I don't yeah. think I even had that option. Yeah. I, I was like, I came from a high school where like everyone was like groomed to be going to like a prestigious four-year college and i like didn't really care about that route and the uh, thing you eventually got to one but i yeah i got to the most (laughs) yeah i kind of want to go back to like high school and be like uh yeah uh i got a master's at yale (laughs) did you ever think that would happen (laughs) no okay well uh check it out (laughs) do you have it framed 
No, I don't know where it is. Somewhere Stop. like it. <laughs> you need like the craziest, most ornate frame for it. Yeah, you yeah, know, I'll just put it on my you know business card every time I meet somebody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually don't really tell anyone because like I don't always work in those kind of circles. So it's like something you don't like. You don't just drop that. You, you don't want to like lead with that foot because I'm not that type of person. You yeah. Know? You know, I'm not like a any kind of elitist or like you know. Like, but uh, it does. It has opened doors if you need it to. And it was graduate school, so everyone's already been like working in some kind of capacity, one way or another. So it's more of like about a networking and just meeting other good artists rather than getting a degree, you know. Because this was in New Haven. In New Haven, yeah, which was, was pretty small. City, well, yeah, or? yeah. New Haven's like it's it's just like a revolving door of people who are you know just in there for three or four years and then they like go out. To the world, if they're going to Yale, they don't like stick around and do yeah. stuff in town. But I was like in town. I do appreciate what the city does have to offer. It's like you know pretty rough around the edges and like kind of a, a um, quirky city. It's this weird Harry Potter fantasy that they they you know that they built in the 1800s to try to look like Oxford or Cambridge. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's like it's just like a it's a weird pastiche of like they were trying to like through architecture trying to seem older and more prestigious yeah yeah so it's it's funny it was a funny did you feel like you fit in there Mm. um i mean like at the first the first few days i thought i made a giant mistake you know it was just like i had the opportunity and like i i thought you know this is a big stepping stone if i can make it happen but i didn't know too much about um theater at all like I've worked in very limited capacities and so you're you got your master's in sound engineering yeah just it's from the school of drama and sound design sound design yeah I was hired as like a musician I mean I mean like they knew me as a musician I was like in bands and and I was a performer in New Haven this guy Ben Strange um his name is Ben Strange (laughs) it's a good name yeah he uh, saw us play and then like hired me to or just kind of like, do you want to do, you want to be the band in this, in this play at Yale? I'm like, uh, sure. Like, and it was the first time I've ever given, been given like a check of like of a substantial amount of money to write music. It's like, here's $2,000 to write music. And I was just like, I, you know, I've been like, I, oh, it really, it, it, this is, this is real. Like this really happens. Like, okay. But <laughs> amazing. Like I thought. I thought it would be just like a working class artist. Yeah, because we probably didn't pay you very much to write the music for our wedding. Oh, <laughs> did we pay you I at all? I don't remember <laughs> probably at not. all. I mean, I didn't care. It was, a, it was a good time. That was the thing. Is in Austin, it was like I had like such great musicians, but none of them ever worried about getting paid mm-hmm. because at the time it was cheap living here, and everyone was just doing things for to have a good time. And you know, there's there's a lot less pressure down here about like about your time and like and and making money and everyone just seemed like they you know had a a day job that like you know worked for them and they were able to do things on their spare time that were fun and uh up there not so much like you know i try to do the same type of thing and like everyone is like eighty thousand dollars in debt from school from getting like a liberal arts degree or like a music degree they're more looking for like ways to to make their bread and butter off of that art and it was just like a lot more intense to find 
people that were like playing, you know, chamber and classical music and stuff like that. So in a weird way, it encouraged me to create electronic music because I was just like um, unable to find, you know, uh, people who were able to play uh, specific parts or like, you know, I don't know what you would call it, like, you know, yeah. art music or yeah, something yeah. like that. So I, it kind of like forced me to change genres. To, to write the music way. for this production? No, or just, just in being general. Because like I had never, I was just, I'd made some bedroom recordings, but when I'd play live a lot of times, you know, with the, that with string music, I was like attempting to like recreate that yeah up in the northeast but it was just like there's not as many musicians up there that are like you know willing to collaborate and and just do things casually and for orchestration you need kind of a broad variety of tones and kind of when i think of chamber music Mm -hmm. you know they have basically instruments that cover the entire spectrum of sound yeah and so if your mind is already kind of geared towards writing for that type of music mm-hmm. and chamber musicians are way too expensive or you yeah. just can't afford to get yeah. a bunch of studio time with them. Yeah. Then I could see how going kind of the electronic route yeah. becomes a lot more enticing. Yeah. And it was like at the time when like, I don't know, like um, I, in fact, like in Texas, I was just a student, so I didn't have that much like money. So I, you know, couldn't afford like a computer. (laughs) Like I couldn't afford, uh, um, lots of different synthesizing keyboards and stuff like that. And I remember that was the first thing I did. Like when I was in New Haven, I got a job at like Sam Ash, uh, like a music store. And it was like, I was like, I worked there for three months and I got all the free software I could possibly get (laughs) bought a computer that like I knew was like just dropped in price and like, and just like, that's like kind of like was the inkling of just like okay well i guess uh if i'm gonna be playing any kind of music soon we're just gonna have to find a way to do it without uh professional musicians so i just started playing electronic music with people who had like some experience you mm-hmm. know or or who just wanted to be in a band whoever yeah. wanted to be in a band it's like that classic zappa scenario where mm-hmm. he like gathered all these guys that would have never known how to read music mm. and had this vision about how to get them there on the same page. On the same page. Yeah. yeah. And they just, you know, loved music, but they weren't funneling in from the same right. uh, kind of place or like training. Right. So you could read music because your undergrad was in composition, yeah. is this right? Yeah, I was like, I was doing music theory and like, okay. uh, and uh, I had like learned a lot of music theory from um, this uh, guy in Dallas I was taking like lessons from um, when I was a kid. And for, like, for what, what instrument? For guitar, but okay. like, you know, I was like more interested in like, rather than like learning how to play guitar, which I like knew how to play, I was just like, how does music itself work and I had like middle school training with like playing trumpet and stuff like that but like I just like you know was interested in the actual nuts and bolts of 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 music and like expanding my knowledge at a young age and and started actually the first time I ever got um an opportunity to write music like on the on the on a page was like in a theater company the doghouse theater in Austin and Andre Carrier who was from New Orleans, who started this theater company, was just like, 
kind of like, oh yeah, and we found this uh, cello player and like an accordion player or something from Craig's. I don't even know if Craigslist existed back then, but it was just like here's classified. There's yeah, something. here's these two other musicians you got to play with, and I'm like, oh cool. Like how do we? <laughs> share a common language and then i was just like i'm gonna try to remember my chops and like started just putting notes on the paper again like but you know i was like 19 years old at the time and like um i thought it was like a huge revelation but it's just like (laughs) it's just base it's just like things that people have been you know been doing um for centuries and i was (laughs) was just like i and like you know it's funny because like i i still like operate between those two zones i work with like lots of great musicians and and like uh half of them uh know how to work with you know transcribed music and mm-hmm. like half of them like if you do it they'll just like it'll like stunt them and yeah, like and what is totally this chicken scratch sp- yeah it's just like don't give me that you know so it's 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 funny sometimes i think it's advantageous but like sometimes it's frustrating yeah um you know, I work with singers a lot and, and, uh, working in theater in New York and like half of them like want me to write stuff down on paper. And then the other half are like, I don't know what this is. I can't read music. Can you just sing it for me? And then, so I end up like recording these tracks of me singing on top of these songs and then they hear it and then they sing it. And then, Oh, that's so interesting. That's how, that's how a lot of it's done. They're like, they just want me to do all the parts. So there's like a lots of embarrassing recordings. I have my iTunes <laughs> or like my music library is just like peppered with terrible recordings of me, um, singing songs for theater that are shows that don't exist anymore <laughs> <laughs> or like, you know, but, so, but you are a singer though You're yeah but like i you know not I, a classical no i mean like and also like i have a, a style like a, a style that i know works for me but like it doesn't work for you know gotcha everyone especially musical theater is like is like a you got to really ham it up and you know and like and also like i'm 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 singing women's parts mm-hmm, i'm singing mm-hmm. like parts that are out of my range that are for people for other people and like i'm <laughs> you know like yeah. yeah and it's not it's not for me it's for someone else yeah and just like <laughs> yeah just like just to try to down. imagine that you know so yeah. how do you kind of look at the difference between the music they're making for work yeah and the music that from an outside perspective seems more like a kind of labor of love or right type isn't that a song you and so i I guess I'm kind of curious, like, you know, when you're recording with some of the things that are more inclined towards pop music, yeah, are you um, orchestrating? Are you yeah. like arranging? Absolutely. Are you passing on written? Well, like, I arrange. It's like it's just the thing is not for other people because I end up playing a lot of those instruments. But I think arranging in pop music is like so underrated. I think that's for sure. the whole reason why people like pop music there's not like lots of interesting chord changes or melodies happening it's like all about production which production is arranging and it's just like all about the choices of tones and instruments you make and like creating an atmosphere that gives you a feeling to me if like it doesn't give you a feeling like if you don't get like if you don't come away with like some kind of like something something intangible to it like an emotional reaction some kind of yeah emotional reaction that like may or may not makes sense or may or may not be like intentional even it's just like you know like 
like you're just trying to find like something that will like make you feel a certain way and then like connect to another person uh yeah yeah and then or just feel something i just, mean yeah i mean like it's it's not a success if you if you don't if it's just like i don't know unless, unless you, that's that's when you're like okay i'm just trying to sell a product or something yeah. like that uh-huh. you see it in movies you could like make it manipulative but that's like you like know the formula of yeah. making like something sappy and sad and you start crying yeah. at that just that point in the, <laughs> in the movie and you know you're being manipulated and you, you're just you don't want to cry but you're crying because <laughs> like they got that formula down yeah they, they, do like, you have you know, to do that type of stuff with theater work where yeah yeah you need to help kind of boost the emotion yeah either way yeah and i feel terrible about it <laughs> um because yeah it's just like we need we need something like that actor needs some help Oh. oh, they need help in that scene. Jack, like, what can you do to help that? <laughs> and, and yeah, you got to whisper because the, the actor can't hear you. Because, <laughs> you know, he's very sensitive. <laughs> you know, he, it's a very awkward situation. Yeah. And that's when you play the, the Seinfeld I, bass line. How'd I do? How'd I do? What instruments do you play? Because my recollection uh-huh. is anything that you picked up, you could play. I, I can't play anything that I got a bow. Bowing is, I can't do that. Um, but I like playing any kind of keys and uh, guitar. You know, I haven't been playing drums so much. I've been playing a lot of drum machines. But, like, you, you know, I kind of leave, leave the drumming up to other people. And, uh, you know, bass and all that. And you- singing and play your trumpet trumpet yeah yeah a little bit a little bit it's funny that you mentioned trumpet because i remember you coming over to our house when matt and i first moved in together Uh and you had a trumpet and i was like oh chad doesn't know how to play something and within 10 minutes i was like nope he he knows how to play this instrument like because you said you hadn't played it in a while i mean you said middle school a minute ago well i started i think i started playing picking it up again because i you know it's weird in in public education you know public music schools they don't i never knew that there was cool music made by a trumpet until i was like in college and like someone like started showing me like miles davis or something like that like i i just like it was just jurassic park theme song you know (laughs) or you know in in middle school and if like you know bud whiz the middle school bud whiz (laughs) the middle school band teacher would have just like you know showed me like I don't know, like a clip of, yeah, like Miles Davis and John Coltrane or something playing. I might have, like, played trumpet for a little bit Mm -hmm. longer or just been like, oh, there's, like, you know, there's another avenue or there's something else I could do. But they're, like, too worried about making all-state band or something, you know, to, like... And, uh, you know, it would have been a distraction, I guess. I I have very fond memories of... I guess she had gone home and gotten your trumpet or something... Uh I remember your general demeanor in our dorm was that everyone could fuck themselves. It was kind of, and I loved it. It was just kind of like, if you like me, you like me. And it might have just been one day or something, but I just remember you going down the hall practicing trumpet. <laughs> and it was just like, you know, it's the type of thing that I'm like mega sensitive and worried about everyone's being my friend and it wasn't the type of move that I would have felt comfortable doing. I want to explore this for a minute because how how do you feel when you are 
exploring an instrument or exploring sounds like uh, are you self-conscious or are you just kind of like in your head and like this is what i want to do yeah it depends i think like at that time i like yeah i did, I, I wasn't around people that i was worried about like you know impressing but these days it's funny like i'm much more comfortable in in front of like an audience or a crowd of people than I would be in, in front of like a small intimate group. Yeah, yeah, it's just like this isn't the right venue. This is like I used to I mean I used to be so open and like casual about that. Like being the guy that would show up at parties and like play guitar like way too uh much. And now I'm like now I feel like I'm in that age where like when that guy shows up I'm like ugh well, yeah, like you know, you, like, you were never that guy. Like, you, you were know, never the guy that showed up to like say, you yeah, know, enjoy my tunes. It was more like, hey, come play with me. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, like yeah, I, I am so much more into, yeah, into collaboration and stuff like that, and just like making weird music mm-hmm. and and well, making. And weird at the time, the way I thought of it was like Chad and music were a package deal. Yeah. Like, wherever you went, you were either listening to music or you were wanting to play music. It was just, like, something that came together. And so I definitely uh, roll my eyes too when it's like the dude busts the acoustic guitar oh, man. out what, what is that there's a phrase that too late jerry or something like that what? oh like they're the last at the party and yeah they're exactly like like the one that, that like everyone wants to go to bed but like, <laughs> there's the guy that's still on the couch just yeah. like hey you want to yeah. check out this new song yeah we just wrote, <laughs> you like the you know and, and they're usually in that euphoric first year of learning guitar where it's like right not terribly good <laughs> there's some beautiful like innocence of learning a new instrument yeah where you don't realize how bad not, you how bad you are yet <laughs> yeah. and it's like that first early stage it's like anyone and everyone listen to what i'm doing and then there's some sort of moment where it's time to kind of take that next step mm-hmm. in yeah. your abilities mm-hmm. and you start to get self-conscious because you realize right. how much further you have to go well i, I think I mean, like, with just, like, the passing of Daniel Johnson recently, like, that's, like, to me, like, he, there's, like, there is a special charm in that, like, you know, and, and, I mean, Daniel Johnson, not to knock him artistically anyway, but, like, yeah, he's messy. Can you give me background on him? Oh, yeah, he's, you know, Austin, um, I mean, I would say outsider artist, like, you know, he, uh, someone who, who, um, just just had like a a message and and like a a song that they wanted to express but like as a musician himself his recordings are like very very sloppy he doesn't he's not like you know playing in any kind of like in a traditional set sense like a, a good way but like you know it's just i think the rawness and just like the kind of just inspiration and his like and his message and like and just bare honesty is speaks to people a lot more than like someone who you know has a polished voice did like 17 18 takes of a song like he would just be like he'll do one take of songs like yeah it was pretty good mm-hmm. you know and like you know and just move on to the next one and he was just so willing to put himself out there and like just and not be afraid about what people thought you so, know, which is like, you know, some people get really hung up on. It's just like, what sure. do they think about us? I want to make everything sound perfect. And then in the end, you end up making something that is so, like, detached from truth or from yourself that 
you know, people, people could tell that it's like, it's a lie or it's fake or, you know, like, you know, a lot of like, you know, auto-tune pop music is, you know, it's not very personal, but mm -hmm. it sounds clean. Yeah. And it's like reaching, um, engineering, like yeah. it's just reaching its yeah. most polished state yeah. at yeah. this point. And I appreciate it. I like to listen and find out the new planes of like, of, uh, polished pop perfection. <laughs> I'm always into like hearing that, but you know. Where's the soul? Where's the or the dirt? imperfection? I love that feeling of people playing right on the yeah. edge of their abilities. Yeah, um, you know where it just feels like it's about to fall apart. How does performance play into your musical and artistic expression? Yeah, I mean, like I love uh, my favorite part of it is all actually like, performing once when everything's like kind of like when I feel comfortable and confident, like as far as like, you know, the musicians I'm playing with and like, you know, the sound quality, like it, it can reach to this point where like you can do no wrong. Mm -hmm. I think of myself as a really spiritual person. And like, I always like try to like attain that where like, it feels like the closest thing to like church or like, you know, or like any kind of like spiritual divine thing where like it's as much for me or for like, I don't know, the universe as it is for anyone who's there. Like it could be like, no one there but like it, it's a catharsis like a cleansing <laughs> role there, for me is there also that. like a detachment of self like you're um, letting go of that fear that that voice that mm -hmm. says you can't that voice that says yeah. be scared yeah yeah and you reach that yeah. detachment and i think for some people that's a spiritual moment yeah is rising above all these things that make us human and weak yeah it, and it's even better if like other people are on board with you and like having a collective feeling in a room or like uh -huh. or just like and I, I'm all about like feeling out like what the room is like if or it's not so much about like what you know the the set list I'm trying to get across it's just like if people are like feeling a certain way I feel like I know like I'm pretty good at reading rooms and like what people are like into or not into but it's not so much about entertaining. It's just like, you know, just trying to get everyone to be in a moment together, just to share, mm -hmm. just to share a moment. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter who it is or what it is to me. It's just like, I'm just really glad that they're like anyone who is, is available emotionally and physically to like commit to that moment, share a moment and yeah. just like, you know, forget about something for yeah. another day. Everyone's life could be like a total mess and, 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 they could just like be somewhere else or like transport themselves for like even like a few moments. I think that's a success. How does improvisation play in that? Because if you have a set mm -hmm. list and you're reading a room, yeah, I haven't been able to like you know um, be as improvisational as I would have liked to have been recently because this is like just the limitations of uh, the sets that I've been playing with the simple pleasure, like when I'm playing shows because it's like you know usually like i'm i'm working in tandem with uh, uh pre-programmed electronics oh sure but like i mean i could definitely know if people like want to dance some more mm -hmm. or if they like are maybe like looking for like i don't know like another, another vibe or like want to want to chill or if like you know just talking to people and, and just and sometimes i'll just be like oh you're just not into this at all I have no problem, like, just, like, not not playing, you know? <laughs> just, just being like, oh, you don't want to do... Okay, you know, that's fine. I'm going to... I'll just uh, eat some barbecue or something. <laughs> so speaking of the simple pleasure, that kind of originated in Austin. Mm -hmm. It was the simple pleasures at that point, right? 
Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I, th- I think I only changed. I, th- I think I changed it because of like the oh, you. I yeah, got website. the URL. Mm-hmm. As you get older, your pleasure is diminishing. He's <laughs> down to just one pleasure at this point. And, yeah, and it's like this is the only one. And, like, <laughs> um, and I thought it worked. It made it like a little bit more mysterious, but like. Yeah. Also, yeah. people don't really like uh, catch on to it. They're just like, "What?" But so, I got the URL, so I was just like, "I'll keep." That's I'll the have name. To, I'll have to. And is there stay like there. A, a rotating personnel, mm-hmm. or at some point there was, or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I had an Austin group, I had a New Haven group, and like I had a group that toured a lot. And uh, right, right now it's like you know, I um, it's kind of like going back to like, like a bedroom recording, and I'm just kind of like making music that like i it's kind of come full circle like i might like try to put another group together that is able to do like more like soul and r&b based music but for a while like it was just like my partner lily and i and we're like doing for like the last couple of years like diy um shows with the two of us and and just just because of like the um the personnel, it was like kind of like it, it had this like more like a of a punk edge to it because it was like you know two people, mm-hmm. uh, a guitar and bass, and like we were like both like really like intense performers mm-hmm. and like just like it would just no matter what would happen it would just kind of like either evolve or devolve into like this like just like really like intense like you know in your face kind of music which like i was really enjoying but now I'm, i was like oh that was, that was cool and but this next couple of like recordings i'm doing is kind of like going back to like some like r&b soul um you know bedroom funk blue-eyed soul kind of stuff that like i initially started out doing that style of music that's so potent, I wouldn't say it doesn't jump out to me as being heavy on arrangement because yeah. there's not a, to me, it's kind of about a wall of sound. Yeah. And when I think about arrangement, I think about a lot of like changes and dynamic yeah. changes and yeah. things like that. Yeah. So I've always kind of wondered this with somebody that definitely knows like mm-hmm. what a solid arrangement feels like and how to scratch that itch. Mm-hmm. When you make something that's just kind of, potent and and not focused on those type of things like does it feel equally gratifying but just in a totally different way you know Mm -hmm. i guess i would wonder how you can once you've kind of gotten a taste of like orchestral music how you can go Go and make something just so kind of raw and in a way purposely simple compared to that yeah Um, Yeah. what what does that do for you you i mean like i think a lot of it was just like it was fun like you know performing as like a as a uh, in chamber music it was like you know very dignified and like it was like very curious like I, i i enjoyed playing like in the in the in the bars in like in austin and you know seeing the string group break out stuff and play things everyone would just be like oh really curious and and playing things and it was like fun but like i don't know i feel like i was still very angsty like even mm-hmm. uh playing that kind of music it was just like just i had access to like a lot of these great musicians and both of those bands i've never played with a drummer huh. like i never had a drummer and i think i've got this like weird this weird thing about 
you know, finding the right drummer and like, uh, especially in certain types of music and it's it's very difficult to find like a really good drummer whenever it would like just evolve into like people jamming or something like that mm-hmm. like i would like i could feel it it's just like i could like almost be like okay we're playing for ourselves mm-hmm. we're playing because this is cool or it's like and I, I immediately just like check out this is slowly not becoming art anymore or it's not becoming it's like losing focus it's just becoming like entertaining for us like self-gratification self-gratifying like Mm -hmm. you know masturbatory music i feel like i'm very i'm almost like hyper keen to that hyper aware and you know that's just not i decided a long time ago it's not the kind of like stuff i want to be involved in and so i'm like always like very careful about that i'd rather like you know play a song that's like two minutes long or like you know or like very like put together and so it's just like i feel like raw punk music is not that different from like arrangements because it gets a message across and it has intention and it has intention and like it has a beginning a middle and end and like i th- i think they're not actually that far apart as in like as in i don't know uh, artistic styles what can we sample what would you like to play in this um, moment, and you can send me the. I'll send you a, a a brand new one. I don't know if it's going to be done by the time, but like it'll be a demo of a song called "Girls and Guys." Sometimes, <laughs> I love it. Let's listen to that right now. <laughs> So I'm wondering, you were saying that you felt a little bit of discomfort sometimes when you were playing like chamber pieces and bars and things like that. Oh, yeah. I I wonder if it's that feeling of like you either have the right venue for what you are playing. Yeah. Which, you know, mm-hmm. maybe isn't a bar. Yeah. But then the people aren't the people that you feel are your people. Yeah. Like, would this be safe to say that if you, you're kind of stuck in this limbo because if you want the people that are your people, yeah, you have to go to a venue that is not the the typical or appropriate venue to play, you know, chamber music. But right. if you play chamber music in a place that is traditional and kind of supportive of that type of music, yeah, do they not feel like your people sometimes? I think they still appreciate that. It's just like usually events like that are not as readily available or casual to, to sure. book. Okay. Like, you know, uh, my, my number one fear was just like, Oh, if I'm going to be like, a, you know, a classical music composer, I'm going to only be a, playing like maybe three or four gigs a year. Like, like mm-hmm. I won't hear my music that much. It won't be performed that much. And like, that's just not enough for me. Like, I'm just like, why would I be biting my nails about my pieces? You know, that one, you know, premiere or something that I get a year that I work all year on and like it happens and then like and it's over. And like, I'm just like, well, what if we just just kind of do things like a little bit more casually and like doing pop music and we could just like crash 
parties or like you know play in bars and like you know I get to play my pieces like again and again and again until like I'm sick of them or just getting like a group of people together that like want to to hang out and collaborate and make stuff um I mean like the piece I did the other day with the the with Tosca string trio I knew about it like six months in advance and decided to write like a piece for it and it was all leading up to like this like one 10 minute moment <laughs> you know that we did twice we did two shows in like one night but it's like here's six months like boiled down to 10 minutes yeah. does it feel like anticlimactic no no i was is very climactic i feel like i'm experienced enough at this point i made it very a very performative thing it was like i forced myself to be like a part of it and i was like telling a story and singing a little bit over it and involving the strings and conducting so it was like mixy and and uh, messy and a lot of fun and like i tried to like hold the audience's attention with like words maybe just because i've been working in the theater so much that i'm just not like you know people like to hear a story people like to see did you literally happen. tell the story yeah i tell, oh. I tell a story about mm. like the three years i lived in philadelphia and like this house that's in fairmont park called strawberry mansion and the uh, history of that house and like the neighborhood around it which is like this you know pre-colonial house and like i would visit sometimes like on my bike but it's also the the name of a neighborhood in Philly that's around it that's like at the time and it still is a very violent neighborhood and it was just like the juxtaposition of yeah. this like really fancy house where like the, the history of the United States is in one way or another wrapped up in this like this mansion but then like you go down the street there's like murder abound happening and like some of it's like you know based upon like my experiences uh, exaggerated well as much as that you're saying it's the story of america i also feel like this theme keeps coming up with you about this kind of like two things juxtaposed against one another um mm. you know when you're in new haven there's you kind of inserted into this like situation um that you know felt initially for you like otherworldly you yeah. know like two cultures colliding absolutely i, I felt like at castilian in a way part of that <laughs> strutting around was just kind of like it seemed like a culture clash there too right of you again inserted in the situation that you know you're always like have such a good attitude about it where you're just such a people person that you know, we were talking today about you on the bus. Like, you just kind of like to observe. Me, I would get uncomfortable around, like, right. people I don't know or might not be friends with, you know, in day-to-day right. life. And I think you're just intrigued by that. Yeah. I want to I would take it, see how personal it could get. Like, even, like, you know, just how much can I find out about this person or like how how weird can this get yeah like, you know it just like, like it tickles you yeah i don't want to be an observer i think that's like kind of elitist huh. uh, just being like oh like i'm just gonna take a picture of this person and like post it on the internet because they're weird mm -hmm. i just like i'm like oh, who is this person how did they get there and like what is going to happen next it's a lot easier to do that in austin because i think people are friendly but in new york you never know what was going to happen especially in new haven you get quills on you there's so much negative energy there but in austin there's like a lot of positive more positive energy i don't know probably sound like really 
hippy dippy sound <laughs> stuff like that but i think it's true when you're talking to someone in austin who might have mental illness for one reason or another it doesn't end up with like me having to like give them money or walk away or something like that it's just like what are you up to today and like i don't <laughs> just like just little bits of casual information i don't know if that answered the juxtaposition thing well that's kind of like going, do you what, I, what do you what's do you I, 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 is I, that something that fascinates you though yeah when these like cultures collide absolutely i mean i think that's when things get interesting yeah you know it's almost situational like you create a situation to people who are in a in something in a in a situation that they're not they don't know what to do or yeah. they don't know how to handle themselves. Usually that's when like uh, either like the most beautiful or ugly things <laughs> about humanity come out, you yeah. know? It's just like a kind of is, is a test of who you are as a person sometimes is like how you would act in like a strenuous situation. Like, Does that translate into collaboration? Like in the sense of um, taking like, that journey, taking this kind of challenging thing on with other musicians mm. do you prefer collaboration over i i mean like yeah i do i mean i have like specific ideas from like my own mm -hmm. stuff and i like it like to to mold like something but like in my work in theater that's when like collaboration for me like really is like the best because it's not it's no longer my project even though i'm like you know part of music I'm like, I have to like work with the director and the playwright and being like, this is not working or this is working or this is like very apparent, like immediately if something is appropriate or not. And like, if something needs to be condensed, like I, I just did a musical with uh, um, this director, Eugene Ma and, and, um, and, uh, and Cherry Lou and, and I was pretty much like putting like her words to music. And then, like, you know, Eugene would be like, it, it needs to be longer and, like, more zizzazz or something like that. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean? And, like, you know, I'd send him a demo and, like, bless his heart. He's, like, one of the only people I respect his musicality. And he's just like, no, nah, it's not right. You mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And, like, and like I am so thankful for that, for, like, someone to being like, that's not, that's not right. So just knowing that, like, you're, you try again. And I and I came and I come back and I do something and like, you know what? He was right. It was it was better. It was like you know for the moment and he like challenged me to write something better. I don't know if that's collaboration, but like musical collaboration. Mm -hmm. But it's like collaboration and like a and making a piece of art. You know. Would you otherwise not like to hear that kind of feedback? Like, is that hard for you to hear? Not at all. I mean, unless it's like the only type of feedback that that. I, I get a little upset about is like maybe like taste like if it's someone's preference well yeah yeah and I'm like oh well we just have a disagreement about the type of musics we like because right, like right. when I know something is sounds the way I want it to sound then that's just a, a difference in, in taste and, and aesthetics which I am not willing to compromise mm -hmm. you know it's like I know what my music's supposed to sound like it's supposed to sound like this but like when I'm like in another capacity where like we need you to write music for this show or for this specific moment, then like, yeah, I am, I don't know, more flexible about my aesthetics. I want to talk a little bit about videos, starting it off with, in your memory, how did the music video for Egyptian Lover featuring our friend uh -huh. Basil come about? 
Well, I remember I had become a member of uh, Austin Community Access Center, and I had just, like, taken all the classes and had access to, like, all these cameras and was starting to make just, like, art videos. And Matt was obsessed with the song Egyptian Lover, <laughs> okay. which I never heard. I never heard really? it. No, no, yeah. I was just, yeah, I didn't know what, what the song was and until, like, Matt pitched the idea. Okay. And it's just like, we should turn Basil into the Egyptian Lover. And I'm like, great, let's do it. <laughs> so I like, just, like, checked out the cameras and, like, I don't know, it seemed like Matt had, like, the whole idea, like, already kind of, like, constructed in his head or something like that. It was just, he started directing. <laughs> I don't know if you realized that uh -uh. you did this, but you directed that music video. And it was like one of the easiest collaborations. It was, you so know, fun. It was, it was just delight. like, do this, do this. Okay, now we're going to do this. Now we're going to do this. And I was just like, cool. <laughs> and I just got all this footage, this golden footage. I know. And uh, I was like dating myself. It was before like digital editing. They just had like these tape to tape uh, reels at the cable access station with like all these like really kitschy effects. They were kitschy even back then. They yeah. were like old they were antiquated effects, yeah. and I was just like, put, you know, just like <laughs> all of them, all yeah, just slapping everything I could on one I, time. I remember talking on the phone with you, and you're like, "Man, I, I drove downtown, and I opened up the sunroof, and we took some footage looking out the sunroof, and I have this, I have oh, this right. thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put Basil like he's huge walking down the city, and I was just like." trying to imagine what you meant <laughs> and now glorious. when i watch it it's like oh right so perfect and it, it was given, green screen yeah, yeah. oh like and yeah. i think is that what happened you like recorded out of a yeah, sunroof we were or like something? Drive, yeah i think i had like tamara like you know, drive the car like downtown austin which was like a far less impressive than <laughs> yeah, it is yeah now. this was like 2002 <laughs> yeah 2002 um, and just yeah, um, yeah something like that 2001 2002 <laughs> Yeah. And just like, just like whatever high rises happened to be there, just yeah. got them and like looped it. Like, cause there's only like, there's like only five, yeah, one street. Yeah. <laughs> five high rise buildings on Congress or something yeah. like that. Did you ever um, follow the feedback on YouTube at all? Um, it's gotten a lot of hits and I will put a link to this because we listen to it. I mean, we watch it every year. I should probably like re-upload it because it looks a little like lossy at this point. But yeah, the hits keep coming. Yeah. I, li I like how some people are like. They do not get it. Certain well, some people are like Egyptian. Egyptian lover fans. Like they're like, and I put it, I put the fact that I is from like 1985 or something yeah. on the video. Yeah, the blurb and, is misleading. And they're just like, <laughs> that car is clearly from you know, the 90s. Or <laughs> no, no, it was my 75 Cutlass. No, but they'll the just see like a, a Mazda oh, sure, in the background. Sure, sure. And they'll just like, hey, that's and not Baz right. And Baz has a... A beeper on his rockets cap. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, when he's like sliding down my car, <laughs> he has a beeper. I like, um, <laughs> there's this moment where there's some chunk of food or something on his lip when it's going, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah. what an yeah, yeah, it's like something, piece of couscous. it's like you yeah. cough, yeah, and it, it flipped up on his lip, and that's when it like zooms <laughs> yeah. in slow mos. <laughs> yeah, there's something so every bit about that video i mean we obviously think it's so precious because basil's not with us anymore yeah, yeah. and we like 
go through and pick it apart every year. Yeah. We're like, oh God, that phone wasn't connected to anything. And he's like talking into it. Or like he's roller skating. Or like, oh, the box cut that I didn't even know how to give a box cut. Just like pro. And, yeah. But, you know, yeah. it's like we were so lucky. Exactly. It, it encapsulated everything that summarized the man, you know, and it just gave us this nice tidy little <laughs> didn't like, did his brother see it like not too long ago they've, yeah, they've seen it his yeah. mom um saw uh, it i want to say like five or something years ago oh my and, god and you know it, it was really Eloise's middle her. name is basil yeah and it's important for her to know who basil is yeah. and we we're like yeah. if you want to know who basil is <laughs> watch this video yeah. and it's just one of those things i think we never would have known like how important it, yeah, yeah, at the time. Became. Yeah, at the time. And I mean, that's what that that is like. You never, you never know. You say just make, make the things. Yeah. Exactly. Make so the that things. is the the essence of this podcast. Is yeah. I want to kind of like capture my friends oh, and yeah, like yeah, get sure. them to just talk about all of the things that are important to them and motivate yeah. them and and be able to you know listen to it selfishly <laughs> you know later on but also it's crazy people that i feel like i know well mm-hmm. i listen to these and there's aspects of people that i just had they're no fresh about. Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely sure. so are there other videos that you are really proud of or that you think of as you well, know part of your artistic expression there is one that's very important to me and z babe by Z Babe to Your our brother? listeners, that is yeah. Matt's brother Zach. Um, it's the saddest, most powerful <laughs> song I've ever heard in my life. Uh, that guy came in and played piano. Oh, oh Tom Cherry. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Tom, um, Cher- and what, Tom Cherry. Something about like right. Something of my well, mind or. Um, well, Tom Cherry. I'm just kind of intertwined with like cable access, which is like a a marriage of art and like and and civic institutions, yeah. which is like something like I don't know where. I I love like socialist like <laughs> yeah. uh, mm-hmm. scenarios for some reason like I, uh, city council meetings I think are hilarious. <laughs> I was working at, at the cable access station in New Haven, which was just like a plethora of of characters, all walks of life coming there, and they all have like a very very important message. Uh, a lot of it is you know yes religious based, but some of it is about like you know just just people who. Um, have other things on their mind, or like, like have boogeyman you know, of my dreams. Yeah, yeah, and oh, and okay. Um, I didn't train him on on camera, but like this guy I worked with, uh, Joe Bartosi, like um, just came up to me and was like, "Man, I had this just the weirdest guy come in um, for our like you know basic camera training class." He just told me he doesn't really like want to be a producer. He just wants to sing, and he started like <laughs> and he's like and he just started singing at me. Like, and he's, he described it as, like, singing at me. Like, he just, like, he was standing there, just be like, maybe I've been in the dreams, you know? And then, like, and he didn't know what to do or how to handle it. <laughs> I was kind of like, okay, whatever. Just, like, a normal day. And this and, felt to me like Tim and Eric before Tim and Eric. No, this, this is the impetus of Tim and Eric. Yeah. I mean, I do have DVDs of just footage from this era that I'm like, actually like can't really, I don't feel right releasing it because they are real people. Sure. Right. They're not really like, laugh at them, like, yeah, they're like, they're skirting the line between like, you know, An you know, awareness of the, of, of how good they are really mm-hmm. actually are and how raw it actually is. But they like, 
you know, you don't want to laugh at them, even though a lot of people will laugh at them. But yeah. like, I find like real beauty and like depth of character inside there. And that like, I don't think they even realize that they're like emoting. And, mm-hmm. um, and they're just like an amplified human being. Yeah. It's like a human being amped up. Yeah. And it's <laughs> yeah. intense and so amazing. We got this video from this guy, Tom Cherry. He like borrowed a camera. He like filmed himself singing. He dropped it off. And like my boss was like, oh, let's see what, what's on this tape. And it was just this guy singing by himself. And he like found out a way to like multi-track himself. Like he had like a tape recorder and he like recorded himself playing and then like put the tape recorder next to the camera press play and then <laughs> and then was miming himself playing oh. and then sometimes would start singing on top of it which made these like really just really strange like two-track recording and he was like obviously a uh you know someone around the you know the in the poverty level in new haven a black man and my boss who was also a black man like i think he felt like embarrassed by it he's like oh he's clearly mentally ill he's on drugs like we can't show this and like my friend Walter, like, luckily was just like, well, no, he's, he's really, he's, it's kind of cool. He, he kind of sounds like the guy from Hot Chocolate, like, you know, like, or it's just found something. Dude, um, it's haunting. It, that, that one song, it stays, it stays with haunting. you. It stays with you. And like, and I don't know, one thing led to another and we got him to come into the studio. Uh-huh. We like got back in touch with him and he like, he came in, he rode his bike like three miles with a keyboard under his arm. And like How came in, in the middle of the summer, took a drink of water, played a set for 45 minutes, oh thanked us all, got back on his bike with his keyboard and like, and just rode out of my life. Like, <laughs> and I, like, no, like You've no one's really seen him again. Him. I think he had been in a lot of like trouble in one way or another. And like, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, what artist hasn't? You know, that's the type of person that I would be afraid to engage with them because I would be afraid that I would be opening like my life up to just have to keep seeing them and it becoming more than that moment. Right. And I feel like that is one of the best lessons I learned from you is if you live in that fear, you won't allow moments like this to happen. Sure. And there it is. Like he came in, he did this thing. Yeah. And... All he left you was like this amazing kind of yeah. memory. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, it's a fine line, but it, you be able, you got to find a way to walk that. Um, another is. one, good one is uh, is Donzi, uh, Donzi's World, uh, by Don Fabiano. I is like another. Um, maybe I could show you some of those videos, but he like, he kind of breaks my heart too. But like, there's a there's a great cast of characters there, and someday maybe it'll be like an opera. Oh, I love this. (laughs) Well, if you have links to any of these videos that you can send me to include in the blog post for the episode, I I would love to just kind of stack it up with all of this good stuff. Who is Rad Chains versus Chad Rains? Well, like, yeah, Rad Chains is like the type of person that like, you know, will wear spandex tights and like almost like will just get completely nude on stage just just scream and yell and like run around on yeah it's it's another person i'm like someone who's tried to tap into like some weird divinity thing and uh uh chad rains is the one that's gotta like keep down a job and uh, yeah (laughs) and uh you know (laughs) be 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 a a dad dad. Mm -hmm. and uh make appointments and time Uh, there's like there's space for both but like if 
you know, I feel like if both don't come out every once in a while, it's, I think a certain amount of schizophrenia is healthy. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's just a way of compartmentalizing myself, like, you know, organizing chaos. And yeah, it's, it's pretty apparent to me. <laughs> <laughs> What's up next? Do you have a shameless plug? Um, my shameless plug. Yeah. My new record is going to be, um, hopefully out by my birthday. October 14th. Yeah, you know this. <laughs> and where would someone find such a thing? Um, I don't know. If it's not if it's not on Bandcamp then it's uh, it's not, it's it's in the uh, in the works. I'm going to I'll be leaking some tracks uh by then for sure. But um, is your Bandcamp under Rad Chains? It's under the Simple Pleasure. Pleasure. Okay. Yeah. I did some investigating. Is there anywhere that people can go to hear some of your chamber work? No. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I uh, actually, no, 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 no. Uh, yes, yes, uh, there's a SoundCloud link, and that's the one of the weird thing. I, uh, my the simple pleasure on Bandcamp, my like chamber music slash sound design work is on a SoundCloud under okay. my name, um, uh, Rad Chains, okay, um, or Chad Rains. Hmm, I gotta find that out, but like, yeah, it's hmm. like it's on the website, um, okay chatrains.com and like there there um is a link for uh, lots of lots of sound designy work and uh and some old elastic waistband tracks yes and um just some more like art music types of things excellent yeah last question if you were to give yourself a title for your creative identity, what would your title be? <laughs> Maybe you could help me find this word. Cause okay. like, I feel like I, I just always like straddle like two different worlds that like bring uh, like a certain amount of edginess to, to like one world to theater and like a certain amount of conservativeness to like punk music or something like that. A straddling disruptor. I like the straddler. I'm just a straddler. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I'm straddling. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Chad. Schizophrenic straddler. <laughs> oh, I like that, actually. What is it? Schizophrenic straddler. Schizostraddler. If I could say it. Okay, get a clean take of it. Of straddler. Schizophrenic straddler. <laughs> It'll be like, hi, my name is Chad. And my... It'll be like this little... Uh, sound clips so you can tell it <laughs> from another part of the recording. If you happen to live in the Austin area, <laughs> we have a great deal for you. Well, thank you, Chad and Matt. Thank you, Angelica. Thanks for having me in, in our marriage. <laughs> and thanks to our listeners. I hope you'll stay tuned for more episodes of Chatty Crap. This is the labor of love. And I'm a hard working man So rough, so I turn on I'm doing the best I can Find links, photos, videos, and more at the blog post for this episode at chattycrafties.com The episode featured music by The Simple Pleasure The intro was the song Another Active Shooter we sampled Girls and Guys sometimes. The outro was an old favorite of mine and Matt's called Labor of Love. Look out for the as-of-yet untitled Simple Pleasure record coming out in mid-October, which can be found at thesimplepleasure.com. The episode was hosted and produced by me, Angelica Norton, and Matt Norton joined me as my co-host. 
Please rate and review Chatty Crafties wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, if Chad's dulcet tones made your head bop, it's time to go find something sparkly and make some art. I'm qualified to blow your mind with temptation. Just give me 